0: Sometimes before I speak, I I try not to sing the songs too much so I don't, like, lose my voice. Um, Man, that was just so fun, wasn't it? I was, like, yelling at the top of my lungs, so my voice goes out, like, midway. Blame the Holy Spirit and God's presence. That was powerful. Let's pray. Jesus, we're just so thankful to gather together. I thank you for the men and women in this room that you uh, brought here for this weekend. And we are trusting that you are gonna meet with us in a powerful way. Lord, that song that we sang of just, let us experience the, the glory of your presence. Jesus, we are meeting this weekend to, to be with you. Mm-hmm. Meet with us, speak to us. Mm-hmm. We long to hear from you, Lord. I pray just any of the distractions or anxieties, or I know sometimes travels. Oh, I forgot this. Oh, that can come in, kind of in, feeling like a bit of a rush. Like, I was I even going to make it? And let those things just fall to the ground, even now. Amen. Open up our hearts to hear, hear from you. We love you in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so uh, thankful to be with you guys. Excited for this weekend. Our family's excited, and what a what a privilege and blessing. So thank you guys for for having us, and really excited to just see and experience what god is going to do um, thrive leadership team asked me to speak on learning to be with jesus together learning to be with jesus together um, so those of you who don't know me my name is jake and i'm um, married to my wife lindsay we have four kids three of them are with us this weekend and one we left with my mom left our littlest with with her uh, we are planting a church in gig harbor and it's called local church we're in some of the, yes, come on. Um, we are in the earliest stages. We, um, about 16, 17 adults and another dozen kids. And the vision that God had given us as a church is learning to view Jesus together. Um, based on John 15, 5, abide in me and you'll bear much fruit. Um, and so it's really excited when the team asked me to pray on the, that exact idea. What does it look like to learn to be with Jesus together? And so over over the course of these next few days, uh, we're going to kind of wrestle with that question from a bunch of different angles. Uh, and and as, as we approach that, we'll also address what things keep us from being with Jesus, what idols, what fears, what habits keep us from Jesus and what things could draw us back closer to to him, to our Savior, to our Lord, to our Creator. Um, And all of us are learning to be with Jesus together, whether you're here and you're like, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus, not sure what I think about him or the Bible or any of that. You're on this learning journey. You're here this weekend and I thank you for being here. I know that takes courage to step into this space where and there's these people that love and follow Jesus, and you're like, I don't even know. Um, thank you for being here with us. Um, you, we are learning alongside you. If you're here and you're just born and raised following Jesus, still, you you can attest to, you're learning what it looks like to follow Jesus. This is something that we'll be doing until we die, until Jesus comes back, is learning what does it look like to be with him. Um, in some ways, even when he does come back, because... His character and mysteries are inexplorable. Like We'll be constantly learning what does it mean to actually be in relationship with His Creator and Savior, which is pretty cool, right? Good. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, four Gs. The four Gs, these I ri- originally came across by a man named Tim Chester, and he wrote a book called You Can Change. And he kind of talked about how there's four uh, main idols— that that keep us from God. And that the four there's four truths about God that can kind of crush these idols and draw us back close into being with Jesus. And so we're going to go over those four G's tonight. So let me give you the first one. The first one is this: God is great. God is great. God is great? God is great. Repeat. God is great. God is great. God is great, so we don't have to be in control. we don't have to be in control. God is great, so we don't have to be in control. And in this truth, uh, this means that God is great in His his magnitude and in His power. Um, You don't have to go far in Scripture to see the greatness of God's power. Genesis 1.1. One verse into this thing. In the beginning, God... Created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then, if we keep reading, we find out that the way He did that was He spoke it into existence. Now, that's a type of greatness of power that none of us can even fathom having the ability to do, right? Like, I, I can't even change my own oil. I can like, go to Jiffy Lube, you know, wait an hour, pay 80 bucks, right? Just get ripped off, right? <laughs> and he can speak the world into existence. That is a greatness that we can... But he's not only great in power. As we go through scripture, we see he is also great in character. He is both great in power and great in character. And he is, the truth is, he is the one who is in control. It's, there's this story uh, in a book called Job, where at a certain point, God actually talks to Job and is like, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I spoke the stars into existence? Where were you when I just aligned all this stuff, made it happen? And Job kind of like wets his pants a little bit and, and has this, you know, repentance moment with the Lord. And, it, and, it, and it's true, like, where, where were we when God created the heavens and the earth? Like, it's I love being out in spaces like this and looking up and seeing all the stars and just, like, pause for a second and be like, any of us speaking those into existence? <laughs> any of us that we spent the rest of our lifetime going to be able to create a star? Like, start researching and thinking through how would we do it? None of us could even approach a star. Right? Be too hot, we burn up, die. Like that's science and <laughs> scientific on you right here. Like you yes. glasses, right? Glasses. And he just spoke them into existence, placed them out there, more than we can count, more than we can figure out what's out there. Just and we're just seeing like one galaxy upon galaxy upon galaxy. His greatness is overwhelming. And yet, how many of you today try to be in control? How many of you today? Couldn't even control what traffic was going to be like, what you're going to remember, what gonna th- and it caused you to freak out. Right? See, so one of the chief idols that, that gets into our life that keeps us from being with Jesus together is that we try to be in control. That's good. And when we try to be in control, it causes us anxiousness, stress, insomnia, <clears throat> frustration worry these are the things that come out these are the fruit that comes out of the root of trying to be in control how many of you guys like relationships where the other person in the relationship is trying to control you right we were like single girls here and i was like is there any controlling guys here who just i'm giving my number right <laughs> right like no one's signing up for that right but what we do it we'll get in the relationship and then we're trying to control it right I well, was just wondering if I did this or that. we just trying to get really. And we're all the time trying to control our situation and our job or just control things we can't control. And here's the thing we don't have the greatness in power to be in control. Like, we just don't. We don't have that type of power. We also don't have the greatness in character to be in control. Look, if any one of you in this room, myself included, were in charge of the universe, we'd be screwed. Right? Like, we would be. We'd be in deep trouble because we're flawed and we're broken and we're selfish. And our character isn't to the level of the character of the God of the Bible. Right? That's why it's so freeing and good news that God is great so we don't have to be in control. Romans 8.26 with me there. Romans eight twenty six. This is such a good news passage. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. A whole lot in here that we're not going to unpack tonight. This is past my bedtime. But listen to this. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Here we are struggling to take control from God. To be in control ourselves. And we don't even know what what we should be praying for. Like not only should we not be in control of the universe... Not only should we not be in control of our many little universes, that's what we really try to control, right? Like, no one's waking up tomorrow and being like, man, you know what? I think I could just do the solar system a tad different, like, <laughs> right? But our little universe, it seems huge. And that's what occupies our minds and our thoughts and causes us so much stress and anxiety and pressure. We try to control that. And say, we don't even know how to pray as we ought. Let alone how it should be controlled. I don't even know how to pray for it correctly. But the good news—the good news—is the Spirit intercedes for us. This good God intercedes for us. The good news is that this God is not only great in character, not only great in power, but He's also great in character. And for those who love Him, He works all things together for good. That's who's in control of your life if you're a follower of Jesus. Does that not give you an overwhelming sense of peace when you do that? There is one far greater than you, both in power and in character. And he is so in control that he is interceding for your very own prayers. And he's even gonna work the crappy stuff in your life. He's even gonna take the stuff you're trying to control and you're screwing up And he's going to redeem that and use that for good. That's how good and how in control he is. Amen. Who doesn't want to learn to be with that type of God? I want to be with that type of God. One that is in control and that is good news. God is great. So we don't have to be in control. I, um... Recently moved from San Diego in 2018. March 2018, we moved out from San Diego. We had lived there since 2009. And I tried surfing for a little while. Um, I, would, I would say what I was doing was like trying not to drown on a board, and I got okay at that. And the thing about the ocean, there's these times, there are these magical moments. But the ocean is like, it, it's way, way more powerful than you. Amen. Like it is just. The, the, the ocean will humble you so quickly. And I remember one time I'm dashing about, swimming, and having a good time. And all of a sudden, I, like, pop my head up. And it's one of those moments where the beach is just all of a sudden, like, way too far away. And I had been caught, just ripped up, and like, oh, wow, that's pretty far. i start paddling in. And I'm, like, paddling in and just going backwards, you know. Like, paddle, paddle, paddle. And then I'm starting to get tired, and I'm, like, paddling in and bobbing down. Uh, and then I'm going, like, I'm going to die. Like, it's not cool anymore. <laughs> so I'm paddling as hard as I can. Then I remember, like, okay, you're supposed to paddle the side if you're in a riptide. So I paddle the side, and I'm still going backwards. Because later, I live. I'll just give you I'll give you this. I <laughs> <laughs> do <you> live. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> later, I talk to the lifeguard, and this certain riptide... It went out into the side. And so, usually, you do want to swim to the side to get out of the riptide. But I wanted to swim to that side. And I swam to the side. He's like, Yeah, that one actually goes out and just turns. I was like, Good to know. <laughs> and I'm out there, and I'm like bobbing and like starting to drown. And I'm seeing the lifeguard, and he's yelling something. And he's like, Cool, 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 cool. and he's driving his like, lifeguard truck back and forth and he'll come back out in the megaphone. All you need to do is go, go. I never did hear. Him. I finally, I, I just, I just swam as hard as I could and somehow made it in where like my toes were barely touching I'm just like, and I get in and I'm just like, and then the lifeguard's there just watching this whole time. He is was like, right there. like, oh, What did I get up to? And I'm like, why didn't you go get me? Like, I'm drowning. He's like, we're really understaffed right now. And we're did. St- <laughs> <laughs> so we're really understaffed right now. And so we're supposed to wait until you're like really officially drowning before we come rescue you. I'm like, well, I was pretty darn close. He goes, you were really close. That really happened, Rose. I like to... I used to like to play this game with the waves where i just try to tackle them just for fun. Like, I'd run out and just, like, tackle them. And, like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to knock one back and just, boom, and, and turn the wave around so it starts going that way. Like, these are the crazy games I play, you know? <laughs> and every time, it just blasts you back, blasts you back, blasts you back. But if you've if you've ever been caught in a rip tide or just thrown into what's called a washing machine, I don't know if you've experienced that, so it's a wave just takes you, just you're under it and they call it a washing machine because it feels like you're in a washing machine. You don't know what's up, you don't know what's down. You're like swimming up as so hard as you can and hit the ground, just That's happened to me before. I'll tell you one more ocean story. Me and one of my, my best friends were out there frolicking in the ocean. I mean, we were having like this magical best friend moment. Just, we were both body surfing and like, it was just one of those days, like the waves would catch you and you'd pop up and look at him. That was so funny, look at you and run back out together. We we're just singing, won't you be for tell me about my best friend. Just in, and just having this time. And then all of a sudden I stepped on a stingray. Aww. And this whole moment just goes from like, king to... <laughs> Seriously, the most pain I've ever felt in my life. A a stingray barb had come in to like my third middle toe and just from the side, boomed. I remember Lindsay drove me home and I, I was like the passenger seat holding on the handle the whole time. Just like... And for about a month, that... That toe, this is too much information. <laughs> but it's Friday night, it's past my bedtime, so let's do this. My toe would just blow up like a sausage. And <laughs> it was like, and I'd have to poke with a needle and drain it, and then blow up again. <laughs> <laughs> drain, drain. Wow. And so I love the ocean, but I also have this very healthy fear of it. Right, I'm like you are more powerful than me. Like you can take me and drown me at any moment. You can overthrow me. Like I can't do anything to control the ocean. Nothing. Not a thing. Nothing I can do can control it. I'm every time at the mercy of the ocean's power. It is massive. It is strong. It is absolutely in control. And if I went out there and tried to control the ocean, right, get caught in that riptide and just say, I'm just going to control this riptide. I'm just going to get, we're going to turn around. Tide. you're going to turn around and you're going to just push me right to shore. Like it would just be futile and ridiculous, right? If I would have got rescued later and they're like, why didn't you swim in or swim to the side or this? Oh, I tried to control the ocean, get the riptide to switch. Like, yeah, that's. You don't, can't do that. And when we try to take control of our own lives and be in control of our life or be in control of others, it is absolutely futile and you will drown in your own anxiety. Mm. Mm. Amen. You can lose your soul trying to be in control. And the good news is God is great, so we don't have to be in control. Come on, amen. The beauty of surfing is when you learn to ride the wave that is in control. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it a joy. When you learn to just submit to the power of the ocean and play by its rules, that's when you learn to enjoy it with a healthy fear and in, in, in a wonder of joy. Like, still, like the ocean makes me giddy, and I'm also scared to death of it. I've almost drowned like three times. That's it's just one story. Plus the stingray thing. God is great so we don't have to be in control. Let's press on. Number two. God is glorious so we do not have to fear others. God is glory. So glory, what you give glory to, what glory means is uh, if there's any Hebrew scholars, correct me if I say this one wrong. Is it Kavad? or Kavod? Karbo? Kabob, okay. Kabob. 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 Maybe, and you like, it would be in there too, right? Kabob, right? I should have just gone really confidently and moved on, right? And everyone would like, man, this guy knows his Hebrew. Uh, and what this word means is weightiness. Weightiness. And see, what happens in our lives is we will give the ultimate weightiness to human beings that are not God. And when we give the ultimate weightiness to human beings that are not God, we will worry about what they think, and that will cripple us. We'll we'll be paralyzed by the approval of other human beings. The Bible calls it fear of man. Uh, Go with me to Proverbs Twenty-nine. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. The translation says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. Have you ever been trapped in the fear of man? Trapped, crippled by what others think of you. Here's the good news. Well, let's not go to the good news quite yet. (laughs) Man, hallelujah. I the bad news too. Okay, peanut gallery. Someone to get their daughter. Psalm 8, verse 1. Uh, we were praying this over the retreat the other day. Uh, with the leadership team, we were praying this verse over the retreat. Psalm, chapter 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How majestic is your name in all the earth. And I love this psalm. goes on and says a bunch of amazing things. And then ends in verse 9 with the same thing. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Is the name of Jesus the most majestic, glorious name in your life? Is the name of Jesus the most majestic and glorious and holy name in your life? See, God is glorious, so we don't have to fear others. And when we make someone else's name, a boss, maybe a significant other, maybe it's a parent, maybe it can be sometimes a teacher, and we're just, we can get trapped, what happens is we make their name the most majestic name in our eyes. I have to gain their approval. What do they think? And again, it's absolutely crippling. Crippling. But the truth is, God is glorious. His is the only name that we are called to fear. And then, the same God, the scripture says, this is the most weighty one. This is the one whose word, whose opinion, whose approval, whose acceptance. This is the one who those things matter. No one else's matters. Like if, if the creator says, you're good, yes. we're good here, then who cares what, it, what a human would say, right? If you have the one that's, gonna, at the end of the day, is going to sit on the white throne of judgment and say... Good, righteous, son, daughter—they're with me. Good to go. Then, do we really care about like what your second aunt thinks right now? No. Like, no, I don't think you should go to school. No. Sorry, second aunt. Obscure <laughs> reference. Some of you guys got some major second aunt approval issues. you are all high school. Right? you know who's you know who it is that you you're about to make a decision and you're just heart starts to race as you think well, what i got to tell this person about this decision what are they going to think and if they say oh it's good you're immediately like oh cool and if they say oh i don't think you should do that you're all of a sudden the panic sets in right Fear of man But the only one whose approval, whose acceptance matters, the one that's that's going to sit at the white throne of judgment, says we're good. He is also called love. God is love. And so we're called to have him be the only one that we fear, that we just have this awe and respect and even this trembling fear of. But then he also calls himself love. And then scripture also says that perfect love does what? It It casts out fear. So he says, fear me, I am love, and love casts out fear. Love it. Only fear the one that's going to get rid of your fear? That's a great deal for us. Right? Amazing. Who else that you fear is going to cast out that fear with perfect love? No one. The answer is no one. They may help you at times with imperfect love, settle those fears a tad, there's only one that you could give ultimate, your ultimate fear to. Will then, cast that fear away with their perfect love. God is glorious, so we do not have to fear others. Now how many of you, you want that tonight? Like man, I want to be free from the fear of me. I want it to, to be released. How many of you want to be released of trying to be in control, trying to manipulate every situation? You want freedom from this crippling anxiety that both control and fear of man brings. How many of you want that? Mm -hmm. Man, if you want it, just in your heart, even now, just pray it silently. Just say, Lord, I I want to be free. Jesus, break the chains even tonight. Help us even tonight to believe that God is great so we do not have to be in control. Help us tonight to believe that God is glorious so we don't have to fear others. Help us long to be with the God that is good, that is love, and that as we bask in your presence, you cast out fear and anxieties. Unbelievable. Amen. No one else, if you enter in their presence, does fear and anxieties flee. Just perfectly flee to the hills. That's what happens in God's presence. God is good. Number three, God is good. All God time. is good. All time. Wonders, can you just say it one. You're gonna do this. We can say all the time. time. You can say. I, mean, I just know rules on this. Yeah, God is good all the time. It's great. All the time, God is good. God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. This is the third, third one. God is good, so we don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. Look at Psalms, since we're already in the Psalms, psalming it up. Go to Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Forevermore. Joy and pleasures and delights in the presence of God. God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. If we're honest, we look to a lot of things a lot of other things for satisfaction, don't we? Now, we'll look to technology for satisfaction. Now, For me, I, I'm all the time in this, like, WWE match with my phone, right? <laughs> done with your phone! This is it! Only God's going to satisfy me now! Turning off my internet browser, done! It's was like, well, I do got to check this one sports score. Let me just put the browser back on <laughs> ESPN.com, Well, there's like four, five, six, like that to me, that's like my kryptonite is ESPN.com. I know we all have different ones, it's Instagram or Pinterest or, I don't know, video game blogs or something. You lose me over there, I don't know what that (laughs) world is, but but ESPN.com, like there's way too much of my life has been spent on that. It doesn't even have to be like a sport I'm interested in either. Like I have sports that I'm like into, I keep up on, but I'll be like ESPN.com and it'll be like, no, oh, there's a little curling story, okay, I better read that. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, cool. It's like a junior women's tennis, oh, well, the article about one of them coming, oh, I better read that, yeah, Then it was like two hours later, like, what did they just, what was I like, going on to the internet for? Like, I think I had to like send someone an email, right? <laughs> And you just get lost on there. I don't even know what, what happened. Have you ever done that? Like just like turn on your phone or get on the internet and you're like, oh, I just need to go and check. Like, I needed to send someone a Facebook message. I gotta reply, I gotta invite them to this thing. And then you go on there and like three hours later, you never sent the message, you invite them to anything. You're like, what well, was I on here? I like scroll, I watched like eight cat videos, and um, <laughs> what happened? Then will be like you'll get off the internet and like an hour later, you're like, I never invited them to the Thriver Tree. That was what I was going on there for. Get back on, you just do the whole thing over. <laughs> we ate Mexican food tonight. I have, um... <laughs> just about every time I've gone out to eat Mexican... I've had the inner dialogue before going in of, I'm not going to spoil my dinner by eating all the chips and salsa. Right? Like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have a few chips and a few things of salsa. Because, you know, when the enchilada comes, I don't want to be, like, already bloated and this, this like, that, like, 4, I've Don't like, 4,000 times. I have never once succeeded in keeping that deal, right? Like, I'll go in, like, full-fledged, like, five chips, five chips, that's it, five. Five more, just five more, It's like five (laughs) I ate like four, five baskets. Five baskets of chips before dinner, not a basket, more. (laughs) Then the gelata comes, not hungry at all. Like this came tonight, came, it looked delicious. I'm like, I am not even a bit hungry. But I'm gonna eat it, I'm gonna be rude, (laughs) right? ever ever turn on Netflix to like be like oh if someone tells you about a show you're like oh that show sounds that show sounds cool and then like 12 hours later you're like yeah I finished all four seasons <laughs> <laughs> friends like, oh did you check out the episode I was like episode I watched I watched an episode of all of them and then the three like offshoots from the show, you know, there's always like, oh, that one obscure character got their own show and it was terrible last like five episodes, but you watched them. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done this in a long time, but I remember like in college, which this is, I'm gonna date myself here. Um, like beating Halo in like one night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, you feel... Awful awesome after that. <laughs> I remember trying to sleep after like beating Halo, and this is game where it's like you shoot people and stuff, and like trying to sleep, and it's like alien, alien. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter two verse thirteen. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter two verse thirteen. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out, hewed is like an old word that means made, hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Here's what God is saying. This God who is good, So we don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. It's saying this is the two evils we constantly commit. We look at him who can deeply satisfy our soul, who can fulfill us, who can give us peace and rest and love and joy and life and life abundant. And we say, no, I do not want you. And then we turn and make for ourselves these broken cisterns that will never satisfy. And we do this over and over and over. We look elsewhere for satisfaction, and it leaves us wanting. We look to relationship after relationship after relationship. We look for attention after attention after attention. Or we look to isolation, if I just got away from the attention. Or we look to video games and technology, or food, or alcohol, or drugs, or if we can just numb it in some way. All addiction is... Numbing, all addiction is, is you trying to distract yourself from a hidden pain. Mm -hmm. All it does is numb. It never heals. Mm -hmm. It never transforms. Mm -hmm. and It never ultimately satisfies. Mm -hmm. It can only numb. And we all know that numbing only works for so long before you start to just feel your soul utterly break. And Jesus says that he is the living water. In his story, in I think it's John 5, says, whoever drinks from me will never thirst again. What he's saying is his presence satisfies the deepest longings of our souls. And in a culture filled with distractions and addictions and consumption and materialism, some of you, it's just shopping if i just bought this next thing i'm satisfied it satisfies for a brief little bit and you need to buy the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and that's why we have this insane consumer debt that we have that's why we have crazy credit card debt it's because we're saying will you satisfy me and all of the marketing like you watch a commercial ever see a commercial say hey here's our product this is it here it goes buy our product it'll numb your pain for a short little bit and you'll feel kind of nice and then you'll need to buy more of it later buy it 1-800 this product right no it's like get this then you'll have friends then you'll have happiness then you'll have joy it's called soda right and you're like Coca-Cola, you're like, beautiful women in bikinis, and you'll be on vacation in Hawaii all the time, just drink Coke, and you're like, I need Coke, and then you're addicted to Coke, ah. Right. <laughs> New job's not gonna satisfy the deep parts of your soul. Getting married's not gonna satisfy it. Getting a boyfriend or a girlfriend's not gonna satisfy it. Getting more attention's not gonna satisfy it. Getting more followers online's not gonna satisfy it. Getting new stuff in your Amazon wish list isn't gonna satisfy it. Broken cisterns. And we just build new ones, we build new ones, we build new ones, we build new ones. Build new ones. Here's a new broken cistern. Big old pot, dump a bunch of water in it, all flushes out the bottom because there's this huge hole in the bottom. That's what God is saying. (laughs) That's what he's saying. And this truth says, God is good, so we don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. It means we don't have to keep going on the hamster wheel of looking for something to satisfy looking for something to satisfy us, looking for something to satisfy us. And I know some of us, we're laughing because it's jokes and it's funny. And some of us are here feeling, I'm so empty right now. I'm so empty right now. And Jesus said saying, he can satisfy your soul. The he alone is perfectly good. God is good, so we don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. Jesus is enough. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Fourth one, final one, God is gracious, God is gracious, so we don't have to prove ourselves. God is gracious, so we don't have to prove ourselves. And this sounds similar to God is glorious, so we don't have to fear others, right? But there's a subtle and real difference. The fear of others is, um, what do they think of me? I fear what they think of me. God is gracious, so we don't have to prove ourselves is the truth that gets us off the hamster wheel of performance. Of constantly trying to perform, to have your worth come from that. Anyone been in that situation before? Yeah. Right, if I was just a little bit better at school, then maybe my parents would be proud of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. If I just a little, if I it got a couple more promotions in the workplace, maybe it's my coworkers would respect me. Yeah. Okay. If I would have scored one more goal in that sport event, then Coaches and players. If I could get this part in this show or play, or if I could just... Do you know so much of what's happening on social media is an, an artificial... It, it's a way to try to get artificial approval. That's what we're looking for. Some semblance of proving yourself. They liked my post. My outfit was cute, I got five likes, (laughs) I have these five (laughs) quasi-acquaintances approval on my Adidas shirt today. (laughs) Right? And you leave feeling like pretty good at that moment. And there's a whole other thing on how actually that releases dopamine and Mm -hmm. social media creators have actually created it to be addicting. So that you get addicted to that release of dopamine stuff. But that is a side. That's more God is good, so we don't have to look elsewhere. That's more that addiction. Uh, this is this is actually that idolatry heart of I need people, I need to prove myself to others. And it keeps you performing, performing, performing. Some of you are unable to rest because there's always more to do in order to perform well, to get someone or something's approval. Sometimes it's some person that's very significant, like I'm trying to get their approval. Others it's very nebulous. Like, I don't even know whose approval I'm trying to get, but I'm trying to get it. Right? I'm just trying to perform to get somebody or something's approval. Right? Who do we need to impress? Why do we feel like we have to win the approvals of others? When will we get... The, the, the problem with this is, it, 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 again, it never ends. And it leads to comparison. And comparison leads to pride and despair. Over and over. That's what... If, if we don't believe this truth, truth, that God is gracious, we don't have to prove ourselves. We will constantly have to prove ourselves. And who do we have to prove ourselves over? Others. Do I look better than them? Pride. Okay, I do. Good. I don't look better. Pride. I don't despair. Pride and despair. Pride and despair. And they're just two different sides of the same coin that's looking for approval from man and trying to prove itself. I have this one. I've been out of school, I think, a while now. (laughs) I think 18 years. 18 years that I've been out of school. And I still have this nightmare... I have this nightmare, Uh, it's very vivid, where I like wake up and there's a test that day, right? It's like this test, it's the big final exam. And I haven't done, like, I don't know anything that's on the exam. I haven't studied for it. I didn't go to any of the classes. Some of that's a little too based on real life. Um, And I just, and I'm just like, I'm gonna bomb this. And then I wake up, and like, it takes me a couple seconds, and I'm like, okay, is, is that test real? And I'm like, I graduated. A long time ago. You're just, you never have to go to school again. And I'll just be like, oh, hallelujah. Let's go. Praise you, the Lord. God is good. We have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. <laughs> but why does this nightmare come up? I, I, there's, I think it's something seated deep within me of this fear of not being able to perform. That I won't that I won't perform well. John one sixteen. John chapter one verse sixteen. to this, just let this just wash over you. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Like this grace that doesn't run out. Grace, God's, God's favor upon you. Grace is this gift that you could never earn or deserve. You could never merit it. You couldn't purchase it. You can't buy it. You can't perform it. That you have God's love and presence and forgiveness and hope and eternal life and his righteousness and his goodness and those treasures and pleasures that are at his right hand forevermore. That you're going to be a son and a daughter. That you get to be called holy. That you get to be called his. That you get to share in his inheritance. That you're going to be a citizen of heaven. And all of it is by grace. That you have to perform for not one iota of it. And is he going to run out of grace for you? Is it like, well, he had enough for just to tell? No, it's grace upon grace. And it flows out of his very fullness and character. So it's not going to run out. What does the gospel say to our need to perform and prove ourselves? It says this, John 19, 30, Jesus on the cross. Some of his final words. He says, it is finished. The work is done. Jesus has done it. The performance was lived. He lived it for us. The penalty for all the times that we have failed trying to perform. All the times we have failed trying to wrestle control from God. All the times we have failed giving fear to man instead of fearing God. All the times we have failed falling into our addictions and our junk as we look elsewhere for satisfaction. All the times that we have failed as we try to prove ourselves. He has taken the penalty for that on the cross completely. And that work is finished. He's already performed for us. he is gracious so we don't have to prove ourselves ever again you don't have to prove yourself to anyone ever again why because he's gracious is that not good news who doesn't want to be with that God a God that is great glorious good and gracious let's pray Jesus you are so good Lord, I pray for those that right now they just feel like, man, I am stuck in a rut of performance. I just, I I work way too many hours because I'm stuck in performance. I take on way too many tasks because I'm stuck in performance. For those, Lord, that are walked in this room and they have addictions, Lord. And they wash things they wish they didn't wash. Maybe, maybe they're addicted to food. They just go to it for comfort and peace and it lets them down. Or, Lord, maybe it's substance abuse or shopping or Lord you know the different addictions that we bring into our lives Lord would you break the chains of addiction tonight would you help us to learn to be with a God that is gracious that is great that is good that is glorious we want to be with you Jesus we need help we confess we often look to other things Man, if you're here and you've often looked to other things, you just pray out loud and say, Lord, I've often looked to other things. Lord, I've churned to idols, I've created broken cisterns. You can confess it out loud if you would like. I've churned to idols and I've created broken cisterns. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Lord, we just praise you that you are gracious. Man. It would be bad news if we had a God that was in all control and we needed to prove ourselves to him. Instead, we have good news. We have a God that is in complete control and he is also gracious. We have a God that is absolutely glorious, that should His glory should put us on our faces. If we saw you, we wouldn't be able to even stand. We would just fall to the ground weeping and melting. And that glorious God is also good. What if that glorious God was bad? we would be in such trouble. But you are not just glorious. You are good. You are not just great. You are gracious. Thank you. Hallelujah. And we want to be with you. We want to learn to be with you. Turn from these other things, thoughts, habits, patterns, beliefs. We want to turn from them, Jesus. But we want to turn to the living water. And if that's true of you tonight, just pray it out loud. You can pray it silently. Just say, Jesus, I want more of the living water. I want more of you. I don't want to just drink from broken cisterns. Come, Jesus. Just invite him. Just say, I want more of you. Invite him. Receive. We want more of you, Lord. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.